We are back. Welcome, welcome to Dear Some of Y'all, episode two. Man, first, let's just shout out everybody that has listened to episode one, gave your feedback, loved it, liked it, shared it. Um, we appreciate it. We'll be back for episode two. We're going to get into an actual topic. Not that the first episode wasn't an actual topic, but more specifically, something that we uh, discussed on Instagram uh, about a week or so ago. But before we jump into that, how you doing, bro? Uh, you know, just got off vacation. That's right. Vegas. Yeah, it was dope. We stayed at the Venetian. Did you do the gondola ride? No. <sighs> it's nice. I thought about it. We looked at it. Then we passed it. <laughs> <laughs> but this ain't the only time we're going. We're going again, probably. I don't know. We're going to go again. We, sh- we said we're going to go probably like once a year because it's fun because there's so yeah. much stuff to do. It's so much stuff to do. You, you, you cannot do everything in one trip unless your trip lasts a couple months. <laughs> Bro, if I stayed in Vegas for a couple months, I'm staying. I ain't going. That part. That vacation. part. But he's back off vacation. Baby number three on the way. Nah. <laughs> nah, we chillin'. We need a girl, Caleb. <laughs> that would be a headache. Because I'm already enough. I said a girl, Caleb. I mean a girl, Maya. But No, because you said it right. Because Eli is just like me. No, I know. I've met him. <laughs> that boy is in 5T. Two years old, 5T. Yeah. They do that. Eight months. 18 month old clothes. They do that. That's some big Boys, old, especially. That's some big old kids. <laughs> but we are here, episode two. So I had posted this on Instagram for the podcast purposes, but it was actually a, a Facebook post from a few years ago. And it says, we teach our young ladies that they are the prize. And I have issues with that language, but that's another post for another time. This is the other post for another time. This podcast. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. Oh, let's do it. But are we, what are we teaching our young men about their worth? So let's start from the beginning. How do you feel when people teach young ladies <clears throat> that they are the prize? Because that's the language that they use. Now we here now, man. You got to just go on and say it. In reality, I understand it, but that don't mean I like it. Okay. Because me and somebody else, I had a conversation about this before. It's like, all right, so we teach our young women they're the prize, and we teach our young men you got to go get the prize. Or something in that nature. Right. But why can't the men be the prize? Like, or you you teach a young man pamper your uh, pamper your woman, do this to your woman, happy wife, happy life. That's one of the most asinine. Listen, that that's a different episode. But uh, but for me, they tie together because yes. you're teaching your teaching your younger lady. You're always the prize. So carry yourself accordingly. Right. 
But you don't really hear what you teach a young men. You teach a young man, oh, you're supposed to be this, you're supposed to be this. Provider, protector, you know. And it's like, all right, I get it. But what? when, when do I become the prize? When do I become the asset? When do I become the person that gets a chance to get pampered? Right. So for me, I have a issue with the language period on, on either side why are we even looking viewing teaching each other that we are commodities in that sense in the first place so that's where that's where i start with the language actually um this segues into one of the the comments that we got and this remember I told you um, one of my mentors we were talking about it on the last episode Mm -hmm. Dr. Uh, Donaldson Edward Donaldson Mm -hmm. uh, he said fundamentally the idea that anyone is a prize is rooted in ideation that people particularly women are property men are taught ownership and or lordship even in church where the expectation is for a man to be prophet priest and king this allows men to establish worth and what he acquires and controls. Perhaps we should be rethinking the language and paradigm altogether. What should our worth be grounded in? And that's essentially what you just said. Like, okay, so if she's all this, then what am I? And that really is where my struggle begins with this kind of narrative and this kind of language that, again, that we are some commodity, that women are a commodity because what we... What we don't talk about enough is how that level and that or that mindset of thinking causes us really, whether it's subliminally or underlining or indirectly, to discredit the real worth of a woman hmm. by reducing her to a, to a prize. Like we put a quarter in and we can, you know what I mean? Like for me, again, this is just Chris talking, (laughs) you know, this is how I feel about it. Like it's, it's really ridiculous to me that we even allow for that to be a thing, to be a thing for so many generations. Now, I think part of it is rooted in the, you know, man who finds a wife finds a, a good thing, but a good thing doesn't translate to prize. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because also, there's a um, there's also the dichotomy of the difference between having a spouse and having a partner. Because those are two different things. And I think when you look at women as a prize, then you're more apt to treat them like a spouse and not a partner. Meaning, I won you, right? I, I, I chased you, I, I won. And so now, I got, I'm, it's my prize so I can do with it what I want. I can treat it how I want. And because the prize is for me, the prize should do what I want. How yeah. I want, when I want. Yeah, that's... It's like a trophy. Right. Like you have trophy wives. 
<laughs> yeah. And so that's, like I said, the first part of it <clears throat> is that language in itself. Because you're also teaching women and young ladies that if no one's chasing you or no one's trying to acquire you because you're a prize, then what are you doing wrong? The church folks is finna be mad, but I'm gonna say it anyway. We got all these conferences and all these women's meetings that we have and they sit and they talk about, not all of them, some, some of, y'all. of y'all sit and talk about, you gotta cook, you gotta clean, you gotta make sure the house is taken care of, all these things as if that's all you're good for. Why can't it be a two-part thing? It should be. That, and that's Because it should be a partnership. It shouldn't be, oh, well, the woman only does this and the man only does that. Yeah, because we're in 2021, so the, the idea that there are still gender roles is kind of silly because in the... In previous generations, so like our grandparents, our great-grandparents, more often than not, the wife didn't work. So, of course, she's doing the cooking and the cleaning because she's home. Well, now, that's not the case. It's not. Like, <laughs> like me, me and my, our dynamics is nothing close to being that. Like, I work. I have two businesses. Maya has Maya at home with the boys, but it's but it's not just oh Maya is at home with the boys. Maya works. Maya has two businesses. Wait, let me stop you. What's the first thing you said? Maya's at home with the boys. That's a job. Th- that's you what got I'm saying. Two boys. Exactly. Like that's a whole what entire say, thing. Two in eight months. Man, that ain't that's two jobs. <laughs> Hello. Cause Eli, I love my son, but that boy can be a lot. And that whole thing about, like, I guess, like, for me, like, going back and looking at it, and I was, I think it was on TikTok, Facebook, some, one of those social media things. Mm-hmm. And it was talking about um, that a stay-at-home mom is a job. And I'm like, I looked at it, and I'm like, yeah, because you're not, like, you're not just chilling at home, not doing nothing. Right. Like, I get it. Like, I understand. And one you get underpaid for <laughs> or not at all, <laughs> but it's like that whole like it's. I like to say it, I don't know if I want to say stereotype or what, but that whole thing about like men, like the men is just supposed to do this, the woman is just supposed to do this. I've never really been here for it. Like I ain't gonna lie. Let's say in a whole different world, right? Me and Maya are still married. We right. still got both of the kids. She's get, she works a job that, that's a six-figure job, and all I have is photography. I'm going to be like, all right, bet, bye. Go to work. I got the boys for the day. Right. Oh, I got the boys. I'm going to be a stay-at-home dad that does photography. Um, what's his belief? Is his name? Yeah. I think his name belief. He um. He His, his story is kind of like that. Um. He, he's a stay-at-home. His wife was a stay-at-home mom, and then they uh, the roles uh, reversed. Right. And then he started being a stay-at-home uh, father. And like on one of his um, vlogs, he was saying how he didn't expect for it to be that hard. 
Right. And that's why, like, I don't... Any any mom that's staying home with kids, like, I applaud you. Like, my stay home with the boys, and I know they can be a lot. Yes, that, believe. And dads, too. If you if you stay at home, dad, yeah, salute for real. Cause man, I don't know, like that that whole entire post just it gives light on how like a whole bunch of things are like where this in church. Cause I know some church people gonna be hot about it, but I don't really care. Yeah. Also, in a future episode, we are gonna have to talk about these uh, single ministries um, at church that don't. Involve uh, any of the single men, but are oh, you talking about the single? That's that's <laughs> a different. Single, single. That's not what we're talking about today. Let's stay on track. So that's like the single it, conferences <laughs> and the whole conference be a whole bunch of women and then one man pop up. Sorry, we gonna circle back. We gonna circle <gasps> back. So, um, because you have two sons, mm-hmm. I have two sons. Mm-hmm. Mine are obviously older. They're seventeen and fifteen now. Um. So let's start because yours are younger. So what what will you, and I'm sure because I know you, have you already started to instill in them as far as their worth? He's a king. He's smart. He's strong. And he will not let nobody talk down on him. And that goes for everything. Like, I don't, I don't believe in, me personally, I don't believe in talking to a kid in baby language. Hello. Like, me and Eli... Uh, we talk and um, like people will look at him and they be like man he knows like a lot of words right. he knows all of this stuff um, it's because ever since he was a baby it's not like come on Eli's like, hey get up and it's a big part of like what me and Maya put into him because yeah Maya's home with him a lot more right. so she had she started a um like a daily affirmation where he goes to the mirror and he'd be like, I'm smart. I'm strong. I think one of them is I'm a good listener because he's in that, that listening phase where right. like he don't want to listen. Sometimes he do. And like those like things for me is things that I, I didn't get as a kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't always get you're the, not the prize. You're, you're worth, worth it. You're, you're worth it. Worth it. I didn't get that. And for Eli, that's what we're teaching him. Like, you're worth more than anything in the world. Right. Because I don't want him to grow up and be in a dating situation to where whoever he's dating is talking down on him and he think, oh, he's a man, so he just got to deal with it. You can stand up for yourself without putting your hands on anybody. Right. You know, relationship, they be like, you stupid. Hey, first off, uh, no, I'm not. Right. So, right. I'm going to chuck these deuces right now. Bye. And for me... If there was one thing I could change as far as my parenting of my sons go, it would be that in the sense of I should have started earlier. I should have started when they were much younger than I did. Um, And not that I didn't instill in them their worth and that, you know, they were smart, they were, you know, strong, those things, but in a more direct way, like... Not just me telling them, but them telling themselves. Like yeah. practicing that on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, now, I look at them now and understand. I was just actually just telling them that last night. Like, 
They're 17 and 15. So they're at the ages now where they've kind of figured out that pretty much they can kind of do what they want at this point. Mm -hmm. Not literally, but just kind of like whether, regardless of how I feel about it, if they want to really do it, they'll find a way. And And I told them, like, we're at the point now where I just have to trust that I did a good job as a dad, as a man, showing you responsibility, showing you how to properly love yourself. Because if you don't properly love yourself, you're not going to be able to properly and efficiently love anybody else. I wish I was taught that because... And so here's the thing. Man. I wasn't taught that. I had to learn that. And I tell them that all the time. Any, Not just my kids, but any of you like... I had to learn that. I had to learn that by trial and error. And so I tell uh, my sons, like, I wish I had a me when I was y'all age. Now, that's not to say that I did not have good men around me, because I did. But as far as, like, somebody to just really, like, hone in every day, walk with me, check in. You know what I mean? I didn't have that. And so it's very important to me to be that, not just for them. People ask me all the time, like as a youth pastor, like, how do you, you know, because when they were, when we were able to be outside for graduations, um, I made it a point as much as I could to get to every graduation, whether it was kindergarten, uh, moving up day, high school, whatever. The reason why is because, yes, I know, you got family, they're going to be there. But you also, as a kid, you want everybody to celebrate you. So if I look up and see my youth pastor in the back clapping next to my mama or my auntie or my dad or whomever, that's a different sense of accomplishment and self-worth and understanding that I care about you outside of church. You know what? Now that I think about it, I did have that somewhat with, like, um, I had an uncle named Uncle Rhodes, and he used to do that. Like, I would randomly go up to him. He would be like, hey, I need you to remember something. What's up? You're smart. Don't let nobody ever tell you differently. And I'm like, thank you, huh? And I'm like, I, at, like at, a, at a young age, you didn't really think about it until you got older. Right. And, or, and stuff like that. And the thing about parenting and youth ministry, because they're parallel, that it's not instant gratification. Yeah, that payoff don't come till years later. Like stuff that I was teaching my sons at seven and five, mm-hmm. and now they're seventeen and fifteen. Mm-hmm. I'm just now seeing the fruits of that labor because it's delayed gratification. Because they also got to grow up and learn who they want to become as young men. So and they and they're not. And I told them like I don't expect you to do everything the way I'm telling you to do it. I expect for you to think that I don't know what I'm talking about. And so you're going to try it your way. And I said, and all I ask is that once you figure it out, whether, whether I'm mm-hmm. right, wrong, you right, wrong, do it the best way that, that works for you. Because at that point, it's less of do it my way and more of like, I would advise you to try this. Right. Because I know for me, um, I, I've seen do it this way and if you don't do it that way it's an issue right and it's like why can't I create my own form of learning how to do stuff 
which is small segment is how I learned how to do so many things. And also how you find your work. So to how you find your worth, how you find yourself, because like if you can't love how you are, right? Then how you gonna how you gonna how you gonna project like how you gonna say oh I'm I love this person or I'm in love with this person, and you love them a hundred percent, but you love yourself twenty five. Because for me, like me and Maya talked about it, if I love myself a hundred percent, I can give you three hundred. Because then I know my I know my worth. But if you never like know your worth. It's it's hard. It's 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 a slippery slope. Yeah, because you are you leave, you show up for everybody except for yourself. Exactly. So you you are there, front and center, in the trenches, ten toes down for everybody, except you. And I think that that's what we mistakenly and unintentionally at times teach our young men. Like your worth is tied up in how you show up for other people, how you, what kind of provider are you? What kind of protector are you? Um, And not in how you show up for yourself because that's great that you, that you are all those things to all those people, but who are you to you? Side note, that kind of like goes off into the area of mental health Mm -hmm. as well as, internalizing things. Right. Like, it's almost like you get taught nobody gonna want to listen to you. Right. Until you do these things. Or because you're a man, you just have to deal with it. Or go talk to somebody about it. Or, but don't go to a therapist. Or... <laughs> right. Talk to somebody, but not a, not, or, not somebody that's licensed to yeah. help you with... Or you you may good cry, <laughs> just don't cry in front of your wife. Mm-hmm. Man, bump all of that. Maya done seen me cry, even though it's been a, a battle. So funny story. Um, my we were talking with the kids one time, and <laughs> my son was like, "Pops, you don't have soft feelings," <laughs> because they had never seen me cry. I think the only time they've seen me cry um, is when my grandfather died who was like a dad to me. Um, Because growing up, that's not, it wasn't, you're not supposed to be crying. What you crying for? Man up, that's what they say, right? As if to say that having real emotions, having genuine emotions that are justifiable because something sad or disappointing has happened to you means that you're less of a man because you allow yourself to feel those emotions. That's crazy to me. That's like, uh, so like me and Maya went to this thing a couple years ago called um, Poets in Autumn. And one of the dudes, it was like some poem about like, I think it was childhood trauma. And uh, Jackie Hill Perry came out and she just made a statement about... um, people putting Mm -hmm. gender roles on emotions if you're a boy and you're crying stop crying like a girl right but the body's natural reaction to pain some like intense pain Mm -hmm. emotions is crying how is how is that the nature of a female i it does it doesn't it doesn't theoretically make sense to me but 
that's just, I guess it's just how, how, what, how, how people was raised in a, a certain generation. Because I know growing up, I used to see, like, when my pops would go to church, I'll never forget the day I'm sitting in church and all I hear is a big boom. And I come out of children's church and my dad is laying on the floor, bawling his eyes out, crying, crying. And I'm like, man, this is how I'm supposed to do? Okay. But if I go back and I think about all of the times where I've seen my pops cry, I can probably count them on the hand. It was that. And I've seen him cry in church sometimes. But for me, crying in church and crying out of church is two totally different things. I remember when my grandma, when his mama died, um, I think I was in like the eighth grade. I remember seeing him shed tears, but not really crying. And I was like, man, I, I don't know how to cry because my dad has always been this man of standing up strong and not letting nobody see you shake. So growing up with somebody that powerful and then something happened to you and people like, you just need to cry. My nigga, I don't know how to. Like you telling me to cry. I like I legit, like I know how to cry, but I don't know how to do it in front of people and not look like a punk. Right. Essentially. Like I cried when Kobe died because I watched him I watched, like that was my guy. Yeah. My my grand my um not my grandfather, but my uncle passed away like uh two weeks ago. And when it happened, I'm like Man, I want to cry, but if I cry, I start making up. Re- I start reasons making up why, reasons yeah. why I shouldn't cry. And then we went to church, and um, actually, he, he was a, it was a Sunday. It was a Sunday before we went to Vegas. Um, my daddy called me because I was gonna go to uh, church a little later than Maya because I wasn't singing that Sunday. My daddy, my mama, my daddy called me and was like, "Your uncle Winnie just passed this morning," and I text Maya said I'm gonna be a little late. And what I text her was, don't tell nobody about it because I don't want that attention. Right. And I'm like, I get to church, sitting down, and they said, and uh, Pastor Alex starts saying something about like, I don't, honestly, I don't remember because my, my brain was clouded. Right. And I'm like, all right. And then he said, y'all please keep Caleb's family <laughs> in prayer because he just lost his uncle. And in my head, I could have been like, oh, man, why did she tell him? She just didn't listen to me with my head. I'm like, she probably didn't get my text because they probably was uh, practicing. But you know what? It is what it is. And then, like, after church, like, church still going on. And then there's prayer service. And uh, Nick came up and he just hugged me and was like, let it out. I cried to the point where snot was coming out of my nose. I just didn't care no more. Right. And I was like, I needed that because I swear, like, right after church, my lungs felt better, my body felt better. Yeah. But to saying all that to say, like, that initial text message of don't tell nobody goes back to not knowing how to deal with your emotions because you don't, because as a man, you don't feel like you need that attention of somebody saying something towards you. And on a, on a, even, and some may hear this be like, oh, that's, you're getting too deep. But on a deeper level, Internally, you feel like you're not worth that attention. Yeah. Yes. I don't want it because it's not, you know, it's not bad enough to warrant people to be concerned about me. And so when we, when we talk about worth and what we're teaching our young men, these are the type of things that we do. And we are, again, I don't believe it's always intentional. But that's what we're sending. Like, 
you're not, you don't deserve to be human. You don't deserve to be loved and cared for and worried about and protected. Yeah. I got a side note in my head, but I don't want to say it because it's going to, I'm going to say it, but I want you to time me for 25 seconds. Okay. I got you. So how do you feel about when you have a married couple, the wife is getting prayer and she balls out crying by herself, chilling. And somebody goes to you and says, your wife is over there crying. You need to hold her up. You need to support her. But what if she's not crying because of anything going wrong because she just got a breakthrough and she needed a good cry and she don't need you to touch her? So what's your question? How do you feel about stuff? How do I feel about that? How do I feel about which part? The person coming in and... Yeah, the person coming in basically making it seem like you're the problem. How I feel about that is not suitable for airwaves. Um, so we'll talk about... Um, that I'll give you the PG version. Give me the, the PG version for, <laughs> for the right, podcast. You got thirty purposes. seconds. Ready? Go. Um, foolery. Uh, for some reason in church, we have this notion that we um, have a right to people's marriages and relationships, and we don't. Uh, you know your wife, so. If you know your wife and you know, you would assume my assumption wouldn't be, oh, look at him. He didn't left his wife over there crying in the corner by herself. My assumption would be that you are very much in tune and aware of whatever the situation is and you are handling, handling it the way it's supposed to be handled because that's your wife. All right. And a reverse of that is what I've seen in church is that, right? The wife is crying, the man gets pushed over there to go support his wife, or they go at the husband mm -hmm. to be like, it's your because fault. Because she, she gotta something. be crying because of you? Yeah. She, she, she gotta be crying because of you, what you do? Now when you flip that, when the man is crying, nobody says nothing. Mm -mm. Or another man will come up and be like, man, it's gonna be okay, y'all gonna get through this. Right, because we automatically assume. Right, we automatically assume it's got to be something wrong. Yeah. All right, that segment is done. <laughs> it's, it's done. It's done. But it does really tie into the, how we see worth, how we see value. the The wife deserves the comfort of the husband because she's sad. She's crying. Something's wrong. The husband. No one goes to the wife and say, hey, your husband over there crying. Go be with your husband. Yeah, you know but what? you see the That's difference in it's a huge the, difference. Right, the perspective of yeah. you know, the, the, the woman yeah. is worth it. The man, uh, he'll figure it out. You know, he a he man, he'll figure it out. Man up. Man. And that's not, and again, I, 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 I don't feel like we have to say this all the time, but I will because we may have some new listeners. We're not saying that this is everybody all the time. No. But it's enough. It has happened enough. We've seen it enough that it's legitimate to talk about. And please don't <laughs> try to take this back to nobody and say they talking about you. Y'all don't understand. I'm not from here. I'm from Florida. I've been in at least 10 to 12 churches. 
And I grew up in Buffalo. So like, so this is stuff that I've seen like I'm 30 years old. I've been seeing this stuff since I was like 12. I've always been somebody that like pay attention to things like this. But man, I just had it on the top of my tongue. Like, cause it's like stuff that me and Mai be talking about like that. Like, you you just gotta I don't I don't know I don't know how to put the word I don't know how to put it into words. But I just want it to be a level where as a man, it's okay to be valued and feel valuable and feel relevant in the point that you can also have, you can also, you know, if you're crying, somebody can come and give you a hug. It's okay to cry. Like when Kobe uh, passed away, um, somebody posted a status and it was an article and it was stating that this was one of the few times in history or something like that, that collectively, every woman had seen a black man cry. And they need to let men have their emotions because for so long, a lot of men have not cried. And these tears aren't just for Kobe, but they might be for other stuff because when he died, um, me and Maya were sitting in the bed. Eli wanted to sleep in his bed. I put him on my chest and I cried for like an hour. And for me, it was like, it was more than just, oh, Kobe Bryant passed away. Or it was more than just another, like a basketball player passing away. For me, it was like, man, I'm 30 years old. I've watched Kobe for as long as I can remember. I've watched how he interacted with his daughter. And to then be at church and find out he just passed away in in a plane crash, I'm like, uh, I'm lost. I ain't. I ain't really know what to do. And for me, I don't remember before that. I don't remember the last time I actually cried in front of wife. But it also goes back into the same thing of like not feeling like you're worth being able to cry in front of somebody. Being being that vulnerable. Vulnerable. There you go. It's like that vulnerability because for me, I mean, I've cried in a relationship, and then I got laughed at. So as a man, you cry in a relationship, somebody gonna be like, oh, you a man, you shouldn't be crying. Shouldn't let nobody see you mm-hmm. just cry. I'm like, but but for what? I'm hurting. That's why, why I'm crying. Why can't, so the only time I can cry is when somebody die? I can't cry when my feelings hurt? That, is that what you're telling me? And that goes back into the same thing with the original topic that we started with. Yeah, is I mean, all of, this, all of this ties back to worth and how important it is to teach our young men that they are worth, they're worth it, whatever that it is. Um, because it's also how they, you, because you look for value in yourself through the lens of other people, especially when you're younger, right? Mm-hmm. So it's when the streets are showing me value and they tell me that they need me, well, that's where I'm gonna be. Cause that's where I find value in myself. And this again, every situation is different, right? But if you find value in your home, if you have parents that are telling you on a daily, they're proud of you, that you're strong, 
You're intelligent. You can do anything you put your mind to. I'm, it's a privilege to be able to be your parent. Is that the same sense of kind of instant gratification that also pans out to be like seeing, seeing it later on down the road? Kind of like... Um, I think that works. That works. I think that works hand in hand because I think they need it right now and they'll remember it later. So to give you an example, a young lady that I met through church Mm -hmm. being in a youth group um, and she uh, she's in college. She's going in her second year, but she decided to change her major. and so she got accepted into the new program and things like that. And so mm-hmm. um, I texted her and I was like, congratulations. I'm so proud of you. And uh, she texted me back and she said, "That's and that's why I can't ever give up. So, again, they need to hear it now and they'll remember it later. And it'll be a source of, it can be a source of motivation later. When they get in those moments where they don't think they can do whatever it is they're trying to do, they'll remember, nah, I got somebody that believe in me. I got somebody in my corner. I got somebody in my corner. That, I got but, somebody that, that believes that I'm worth it. That's like with Eli. Like with Eli, um, I, I noticed that I had did this a couple times with him. And it was, um, I'll be sitting there. And like, you know, he, he's two years old, going on three. But the thing is, is he's two years old and he's in stri- extremely intelligent. And he have days where he just don't listen. Right. But then he have days where he's been a great listener. And it's like, Eli, you've been a good listener all day. I want you to listen to me. And he'd be like, okay. And then he'll do good. And then like, at the end of the day, he'd be like, was I a good listener today, Dada? Yes. You, you did great. What do you want? Can I get some ice cream? Yep. For him, it's instant gratification. Right. Because he's asking, how did I do today? And that's going to be, so that's the instant gratification, right? But in a few years, he's going to be starting school. And so that's going to be like, okay, well, yep, just like I had to listen at home to mom and dad, now I got to listen to whoever the teachers are. And then that still come home, hey, I was a good listener today. Like, yeah, your teacher told me, so what you want to go get? You want some ice cream? Yeah, all right, cool, we're going to get some ice cream. You want to go to the park? Yeah, cool, we're going to go to the park. But because you're showing him the value of listening to instruction now and showing him how and, and, and how to measure that, right? Because, you know, you've dealt, I'm sure, with the SMART goal system, but that M is measurable. Yeah. So you have to give me something tangible that I can measure. So even at two, he understands that if dad or mom tells me I was a good listener today, I, I, hit, I hit my goal. Because I was trying to be a good listener. I was making that effort. And so for them to tell me that I hit that mark, cool, now I get ice cream. And yeah, that ain't gonna work every day, but it works. But it works. It works well too. All right. So, um, I got a side note. 
So remember how we was talking about feedback? Maya yes. hit me with some feedback. I already told her that she was going to be on this episode. I asked her, did she listen? She said she did. I said, how was it? She's like, it was a good start. There needs to be some work with timing and relevancy. I said, okay. I appreciate your honesty. And um, time, and she was like, um, she was like, y'all, she's like, work on not talking over each other in dead space. I was like, all right, I appreciate that. And um, the whole thing, remember how like I've been like giving like the thirty seconds to mm-hmm. um, to like a side note. That's what she was saying. She was like, don't go off on the deep end, basically, right. to comments. And I told her like, I appreciate that you're gonna be on the episode just to let you know, because <laughs> I mean. We appreciate y'all, um, and we appreciate the honest and bluntness, because um, I have thick skin. If you tell me that the show is trash, I'm going to be like, well, what, what can I do to make it better? Or if you tell me, hey, this is what y'all can fix, because I listen to podcasts all the time, I'm going to be like, all right, cool, and we're going to take that into account. But we appreciate honesty. We appreciate honesty. Don't lie. <laughs> Please don't do it. Please no don't do it. Uh, I echo those sentiments um, wholeheartedly. I think that as two people who have never done a podcast before, uh, we take our if if we're if we're smart, we'll take you know our direction, so to speak, mm-hmm. from the audience that we're trying to reach. Um, if with it's, no grain of salt, <laughs> right? If it's if, like we we can't get upset if the people that we want to listen to the podcast are saying, "Hey, maybe you guys should think about doing this or tweaking this to make it more enjoyable." Yeah, or check out this podcast because I listen to it and I I really like how their flow goes. And maybe y'all can incorporate how they do with blah blah blah. I'm not gonna be like. Why are you saying that to me? You know what, man? We the best. Uh, bro, this is the second episode. So, yeah. We expect criticism. We ex- Positive criticism. I ain't talking about nobody coming in here trying to hurt feelings because um, I'll clap back. Um, talking about like, like with Maya. Like she told me her honesty and her honest opinion and her honest voice and her honesty about the whole entire show and how we can improve and what she noticed because she listened to podcasts often. And like things like that. Um, it just helps because then we can give y'all the best content that we can. Um, we can learn along the process and we can move forward and start adding like, you know, just more roundness to the show. And most of these shows, like we said in the beginning, is us hitting record on a conversation that we've either had or would have with each other anyway. Text message, Facebook, right. Instagram. So it's it's hard sometimes to remember, like, oh, wait, we're recording this so that other people can listen to it. Yeah, because how we talk, that's just, just how it is. But um, other than that, man, I hope y'all enjoyed what y'all heard today. And let us know. Let's let's keep this this dialogue uh, going because I think it's important that we we redefine worth for this these generations that are coming up behind us. Uh, we know 
where the generations before us went wrong. So when you know better, you should do better, or you should at least want to. And so let's let's continue the dialogue. Let's let's continue to help each other be better about how we see ourselves, let alone how how we see each other. So thank y'all. I have an idea. Before yes, sir. We turn off. Um, so quick explanation about it is when I did my um, giveaway I made like a little Google form how do you feel about the next episode that when we post it it's like a like we put it on like there's some of y'all our personal page submit this and we're gonna pick one of those um, topics for two topics for the next episode and maybe have it like 25 minute segment to where like the, the alarm goes off and that's the end of it and then it goes to the next one I'm down. All right. Let's try it. That's what we're going to do. So, y'all, um, after you listen, this is how we know you're going to listen. We got um, we to gotta, we gotta give them a, a word that they have to put in the message or whatever so we know that they listen to the whole podcast. I'm worth it. Boom. So that's how we're going to know you listen to it. Uh, if you put I'm worth it in the bottom part, because I'm going to put it at the bottom where it says um, keyword for the episode. Matter of fact, we might just start doing that every episode. I like it. We'll put like a ran- we're going to put a um, random motivational word or just dumb word. But on the comment section, when I uh, create the link, I would like y'all to put I'm worth it. So that lets me know that you listen to the show. And um, please submit topics. Um, how, we, how we're probably going to do it is um, at max three topics because then the conversations can be about 10 to 15 minutes long for each topic. And I apologize if your topic don't get picked. And if it does, congratulations. We'll keep it in the pool you know, of topics. Yeah. And... Um, we uh, I just lost my train of thought. Ah, uh, it's good because <laughs> the music about to turn on right now. All right, y'all. Peace. Yeah, that is awesome.